What is up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that tries to take a look at the A24 movie library 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lahorn. This week on the podcast, we join the student body at East Highland and break down season one of Euphoria. I'd like each of you to get up and tell us a five minute story about your summer. some point you make a choice about who you are and what you want. Hey, I'm Rue. I'm an addict. This show is a look at life for a group of high school students as they grapple with issues of drugs, sex, and violence. Stars Zendaya and Hunter Schaefer. Uh, look, if you don't know what Euphoria is, you might be living under a rock. You might not be on social media. Uh, Euphoria is everywhere right now. Huge TikTok trend for Euphoria, dude. It is. It is blowing up. It is the culture right now. It is all over the place. I mean, I w- it must just be the HBO effect because for there real. were days when Succession came out. I was like, I have to watch this when it comes out because it's going to be all over Twitter tomorrow. But now with us watching season one of Euphoria, like I'm already seeing seeing season two stuff. And I was like, man, I got to get caught up. You know, it's like it is all over. I don't know how anyone doesn't know what Euphoria is. And it's so wild because before we decided to talk about Euphoria, I was like, I don't watch that show. Like, it's it's just one of those things where I was just like, it's not I just have not gotten to it. Uh, Ben, I can say with full honesty, you have changed my life because I have now watched Euphoria and I am obsessed. I completed the entire first season, which we're going to cover. We're going to be talking about the first season and the two kind of bonus episodes that come as a break between season one and season two. Those will be included in this pod as well. I watched all of those in the span of less than three days. I just, I just went for it, dude. I love it. I love it. I did pretty close to the same. I think I did like four days <laughs> Something like that, but it, it's a lot to take in. Uh, I will say, as of when we were recording this, I went and saw Spider Man No Way Home last night, and it's just a whole different look on Zendaya because <laughs> that's all I knew her from was the Spider Man movies. Like, I hadn't seen her in anything else. So then to watch like these eight episodes of Euphoria, just like, oh, well, this is a totally different person, but she's great in both of these. She, like, <laughs> I, I mean, she carries this show, but honestly, like, there's a lot of people helping her out on this show as well. It's so, so good. Of course, we're going to talk about Zendaya and uh, her A1 act, but yes, great point. Very different. I had zero clue that she could act the way she does. I was like, what's the Zendaya thing? I don't get it. I've seen her in Spider-Man and Malcolm and Marie, and that's it. I guess I don't get it. And I watched Euphoria, and I was like, I fucking get it. I get it now. Part of the crew. Uh, So we know that season two of Euphoria just dropped a couple weeks ago, and there are new episodes every single week, but we thought that we would break down season one first. We are definitely going to cover season two as we go on with this podcast, but we're going to cover season one now. We're going to do a mid-season review of season two at some point in the next few weeks, and then we'll cover the latter episodes of season two as well. So make sure you subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss that when it comes out. We are fully dedicated to Euphoria now. And before we start breaking down this season, giving our thoughts and doing our best to to really fit in the 24 minutes here, uh, two housekeeping notes. Y'all voted for First Reformed to be the next A24 film that we cover here on the pod. We put out a vote on Twitter and on Instagram, so be sure 
to follow us on social media at 24 Minutes of A24. That way you can be a part of those polls and those votings. Uh, We love your feedback. We love to know what you guys want us to cover. So next week on the show, we're going to be talking First Reformed, which I am very excited about. I've heard so many good things. Can't wait for that. I also have a bag of A24 stickers from the A24 shop on the way to me. We are going to be doing a giveaway in the next few weeks, and I am very excited. It's going to be the first giveaway of the pod, and I can't wait. We don't know how we're going to give it away yet, but be sure to follow us on social, and we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, I'm super excited by the response that we're getting from everybody. So thank you so much for your support, for listening. Uh, This is huge uh, for both of us. So this has been a lot of fun to do, and I'm just looking forward to keep going. It's going to be a fun ride. Okay, let's get into Euphoria Season 1. This is eight episodes, nearly eight hours of content. Plus, we've got the two bonus episodes, which tack on a couple more hours. This and and this is going to sound like a cliche, but this show is addicting. I know it's very I know we're talking about drug use and sex and violence and so many kind of deep, dark things. But Ben, this show is really addicting, dude. It really is. It's just like it's one of those where you know, the ending comes like, cool, let's just keep rolling. Like it's, it's <laughs> right. no surprise. I, I think both of us only didn't watch it in one day because we have actual jobs and lives and stuff. Like yeah. if I had the eight hours just watching a day, I would have, because it's just like my non-stop. stupid family gets in the way, man. My daughters, <laughs> I'm just like, come on, I'm just watching you for you. Let me <laughs> be. The podcast. Come on. Uh, yeah, no, this show is super addicting. Uh, just everything about it. Like the cinematography just blew me away. I mean, it's not like a broken record, I think, but that's one thing that really hits me with movies and stuff. It's like, I love good cinematography and they use it so well in this, uh, in this show, uh, you know, to do with the drug use and just like, honestly, just like being in high school and how weird it is, like kind of making us feel, feel strange. And they were able to show us that, uh, using the camera, um, great acting, great writing. Like, I, I don't know. I cannot wait to get into season two. I had zero idea what to expect when it came to euphoria. I, I had kind of understood like that. the vibe of the show is, you know, this very kind of like sexually charged high school experience that's pretty dark. And I kind of understood that, but I had no clue that it would go to the depths that it did. Like I said, kind of at the top of the pod, Zendaya is unbelievable in this show. I had no clue that she could act the way that she did. We're going to talk about her as we go on to the A1 acts. Um, But I think one thing is very apparent with this show. uh, Two things. The cinematography, like you mentioned, we we kick off from like episode one. We're going to talk about some true cinema moments. There are some absolutely, but just mind boggling moments. Just literally mm-hmm. like, I was like, how, how am I watching a TV show that has these types of shots that I've never seen in a movie that I never get in a film? How are we getting this on a TV show is so wild to think about. Second, uh, my high school experience is dog shit compared to the people who go to East Highland, they are on a different level. And I think that is the, it, it's like a big disconnect, but also for me, I'm like, cool. They live in a fantasy world. Pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like seeing some of these parties and stuff that they're doing, like as a self, you know, analyze whatever introvert, like these parties look awful. <laughs> like I would have had a horrible time at these things. Like these look so awful to me, but I could tell they are all seem, seemingly having a great time. They know how to throw a party. That's for sure. I'm also just like curious. I know we see some of these parents, but like some of them are just like non-existent. <laughs> like, how yeah. are they getting away with all this? But yeah, they, they, these guys are living their their best life. They really are. And I, 
I hate to say that I'm jealous because I'm because I'm not really. That's not my scene. You know, like I, I would not thrive in that kind of culture. But also, uh, you know, I can imagine and uh, I can dream that that would be kind of fun to to do some of those things. Um, not saying the drugs. I'm not interested in the drugs that <laughs> Rue is taking in the slightest. Uh, especially when she chooses not to go to the bathroom for like three days, and that was brutal to watch. Oh. That was that was a tough go. So. Let's just dive into our true cinema moments here, and that way we can talk about the season. We're inevitably going to gloss over lots of things. We are going to spoil everything. So if you haven't seen season one, don't let me and Ben be the people that spoil it for you because it is a phenomenal ride. Let's just kick it off. Episode one, I've got the Inception-inspired hallway scene when Rue takes new drugs for that first time in episode one. Mind-boggling. Man, it it was so cool. Like if you're watching those, like the Inception scene is mind-boggling in and of itself. But in this one, it's, it's it's added layer because there are other people who are like staying in their regular position as the hallways so turning. So crazy. Like Inception, everyone's dealing with the hallway turning, but in Euphoria, it's just like Zendaya who's like having to adjust to everything. It looks so cool. It is so well done that that shot stuck with me the whole time. That is such a good. Like, it's such a good rope to pull you in on the very first episode to see that and be like, wow, they are not messing around. This is a show that is going to go full send, and they are committing to getting this very stark point across of how Rue and drugs and their relationship to each other and what Rue experiences. And we see that so many times, but this scene in particular is is the scene where you're like, wow, that is bananas that we are getting to watch this i can't imagine like what went behind it and fucking shout out hbo like let's just make amazing shit like that i feel like that's hbo's thing they're just like let's make good shit let's go yeah i mean it's cliche because it's like their motto or whatever it's like it's not tv it's hbo but it's true because like you don't get this shit really anywhere else you know what i mean like game of thrones sopranos like all this stuff it's all hbo and they had they separate themselves with this kind of like quality content it's fucking home box office, dude. It's living <laughs> up to the it. name. I can't believe it. Um, amazing. We're going to skip to episode three. One that I put on here that I thought was really fascinating. And again, what is so intriguing to me about this show is we get Rue as a narrator, a, an unreliable narrator at that. And we're not going to dive that deep into the season. I think that's a very important point to remember as you watch this show for sure. But Every single beginning of each episode, we get a basically a backstory on all of her friends. We find out what their childhoods were like. We find out why they are the way that they are. And episode three, we get to know more information about Kat. And she does this One Direction anime fan fiction with Harry mm-hmm. Styles. And I love the animation. I thought that was really cool. And I just really applaud the show for just doing something so different like it does not fit into the show at all like it you would not be able to know it's from euphoria right yeah no you'd have no idea but i think it worked so well like i watched this with my girlfriend she had seen this before and she said like this is based on like actual rumors that people were talking about (laughs) like oh that's so cool but like honestly like i'm gonna expose myself here a little bit uh 
when this scene happened, I was like, it really just like brought back this flash flood of memories back in the early dial-up days of AOL. I was like, oh shit, I used to write fan fiction for like WCW wrestling. <laughs> Let's go. And I totally forgot about it until I watched this. I was like, holy shit, I used to spend time like making up matches and stuff. I was like, Hey, I love it. I respect it. One Direction anime. <laughs> like, let's go. I think it's great. I am. That's so amazing. I'm so proud of you, Ben. That's fantastic. I'm glad that it unlocked that memory for you. That you, you obviously shoved very deep <laughs> away somewhere in the depths. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, I love Cat, and I, I think me personally, I got a lot of satisfaction out of watching Cat uh, and Ethan's relationship, especially. Ethan got fucked like really badly essentially until pretty much the last episode. <laughs> um, I felt really bad for him. Really, really sad, but a yeah, great guy. Uh, and I, you know, how can you not love a guy with, with the same name as you? Um, right. Let's move on to the next one. I've got from episode seven here, Rue as a detective. And this was so fantastic to me. She is a detective with uh, Lexi as kind of like her partner. And she's trying to figure out just what happened between Jules and Nate and this Tyler quote unquote person on the app and everything that went down and trying to understand all of that. And so she like goes detective mode, but she's like actually wearing detective clothes, but interacting with people normally, but Mm -hmm. she's still a detective. And she says one line, she says, I'm Morgan fucking Freeman. And this is the beginning of the third act. And like, as soon as she said that, I paused and I was like, that's, that's iconic. That's fucking iconic. And I wrote it down and I had to put it on the list. It was so good. I could not stop but think about, you know, seven, basically, you know, it's like, yeah, this is exactly what this is. Like should the gun holster and all this kind of shit. She's like putting the puzzle pieces together. <laughs> Uh, I, I it fits so well, though. You know what I mean? Like everything is so kind of like sporadic and weird in this show, but somehow it all comes together and it's like comprehensive and it, it like works. And the same with this, like it was, it was so good. Such a fascinating way to start each show as kind of this detached reality from what we're getting. And I think that can serve as both a benefit and a hindrance to the show. I did find myself at sometimes being like, okay, wait, are, are we in a flashback? Are we getting a story? Are we in modern day? And like, this is just either a new day or a new location or something like that. But I think most of the time it works quite well, especially when we kind of do like microscopic jump backs. We kind of get to see what we didn't know happened. We get filled in a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty cool aspect of the show. I've got three more on the list here. Uh, this next one from episode eight, again, is like a kind of a, a fantasy moment, a fantasy scene where Jules and Rue are sh- both shooting Nate Jacobs while he is on fire. And Jules then says, what a fucking pussy. And I just think, I, I think visually it's stunning. Like them mm-hmm. shooting someone on fire with pistols is so <laughs> crazy to me. But also the fact that Jules is like, what a fucking pussy. And he's like, he's on fire being shot at. Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you expect? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly though, I think she's living out like the dreams of everybody in the audience because Nate Jacobs Facts. is so awful to watch like he gets away with everything it's like no like this guy cannot keep getting away with it so like watching this happen it's like yes exactly he's on fire i don't care keep shooting him like he is horrible that scene was beautiful it's the living jesse pinkman scene where he says he can't keep getting away with this but it's nate jacobs instead i'm just like (laughs) that is so uh, so on point it's so true and i i love that scene again like there's so many iconic scenes i feel like from 
this show that are just so different. It's really cool. And once you go on this journey, something like this means so much. And it's such a, a loaded kind of scene that you get. Uh, I, I loved it so much. These next two are from kind of the bonus episodes. You get this uh, part one, which is Rue's story uh, between high school and Christmas, uh, between the end of the school year and Christmas, I guess, or, or break. Mm-hmm. And then um, Jules, Jules' side of the story, which is very fascinating. Like we could do an entire episode on the Jules episode because I thought that was so incredible. Uh, I want to give a quick hot take before I give these two. I want to know your opinion. I want to know if this is a true hot take. Okay. Okay. Uh, the two bonus episodes, Rue and Jules, I they have a very different vibe than the rest of the show. They are very much singular. They are very contained. They are very slow burn. They are very focused. I liked these episodes more than I liked the episodes of the show. I thought they were better at what they did than the episodes of the show. Did you feel rem- like remotely the same? Um, I mean, I don't know if I liked them better. I just loved what they did. I think it's uh, just a- an obvious reaction to like, if you get to spend more time with the character, you get to get in deeper with them. And so you're able to connect with them more. Um, I think this is a really weird analogy, but I think that's why people love Joker, you know, cause we have the yeah. whole movie with walking Phoenix, whereas like dark Knight, like he's just kind of in and out. Mm. So it's like, yeah, if you get to spend more time with someone, then like you, you're going to attach yourself to them more. And I think that's kind of what happened here where it's like, Oh yeah, we get to learn more about Rue. I mean, honestly, my favorite part of all of this stuff was Coleman Domingo. Cause after season one ended, I was like, I need more of Ali. Yeah. I need more of him. So I loved his, his part in this. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I liked it more, but I really enjoyed the change in tone. I think it worked perfectly as bonus episodes. I think you're right about that. I, I think the tone works well as a bonus episode. And sp- I guess specifically as a pair, I think it's so intriguing and fascinating that we first get Rue's story and we see her essentially in a, you know, in a diner the entire time with Ali, Coleman Domingo's character, talking about very important things, very necessary things. And then we get Jules' side of things, which reveals so many things that we didn't know Everything about her mom, everything going on in her head with her therapist, feeling the pressure of getting in a relationship with Rue. Uh, like I said, like I could just do a whole episode based on those two uh, episodes. So the next true cinema moment is going to be the Ali monologue about revolutions. This is in the bonus episode uh, titled Rue. I adored, just, just adored. I was glued to my screen this entire time. And when a show or a movie can deliver multiple monologues and a set piece the way that this single episode did. I think it is one of the few, one of the few things where you just like, you have to applaud and say like, this is cinema. This is incredible storytelling. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this might sound weird to a lot of people and that's fine, but we had (laughs) dinner delivered right before watching this. And once Coleman Domingo started talking, I just stopped eating like the rest of my food <laughs> just, just like, went cold. Stop. I was like, I'm just hooked. Like he was so <laughs> good. Like there's a scene where he's like on the phone with his eldest daughter and you're just seeing his side of the conversation, but he's doing it so well. And you can see how they're used to him, like maybe kind of manipulating the situation and him deflecting. And then just like his, he, you know, he knows that Rue is on drugs, you know? So he's like, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Yep. He's like, I know what's going on here. And then, yeah, he said his whole monologue about revolutions and how everybody wants to have one. But the only way to really have one is to completely like let yourself go and have no allies. I mean, this was beautiful. Like this 
this might have been my favorite episode ever, like of so far of the show. I loved it. Hard agree. It is my favorite episode of the of the show so far. I have not dived into uh, season two yet, so that Same. that is possible to change. We will see. I think Coleman Domingo is is absolutely bonkers in this episode for sure, and I I just uh, I just adore it. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next one. It is the memory reflections on Jules's eyes uh, when Liability by Lord is playing. This is in the second bonus episode titled Jules. So I, I watched this episode this morning at work, like in between meetings. So if my boss, if you're listening, this is what I did with my time. <laughs> um, but I, and it was like 10 in the morning, right? Okay. So it's like, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm still getting warmed up for the day. I'm not in a, I'm not in a very emotional space. And I will mm. say here on the pod, those that know me and know my movie style, I am an emotional movie watcher. It takes very little or or it's it's just the right kind of lightning in a bottle to get me just to wail and like lose it as soon as this happened as soon as liability started playing and we see all like every single memory reflection in Jules's eyes I, I fucking lost it dude I was I like tears literally falling down my face I was like so close to texting you and being like well I'm crying right now at 10 30 in the morning on a on a Wednesday this and and so obviously this is no surprise this is my true cinema moment fucking beautiful yeah and it was so cool I I don't know if you watched the behind the scenes but like they did this all practically too yeah that was crazy I couldn't believe that right like I mean we're tight on her eye like it's taken up pretty much the whole frame and we're just watching all these memories reflect literally on like her pupil and we see the behind the scenes they just has this huge monitor just projected and everything was reflected i thought it was so cool the way they did that the scene obviously was shot beautifully and it just like it had such an impact on that episode you know with her talking to the therapist which we find out for the first time um so that was yeah i thought it was so well done i loved that scene absolutely adored that scene is that going to be your true cinema moment or are you picking something else i think i'm going to go with something else honestly it kind of came up while we were talking like my joke answer was just going to be every scene with fezco because like i <laughs> oh, love fuck fezco yeah. good, good call good like, call i don't know who does it <laughs> i fucking love fezco i just want to hang out with him but honestly i think my scene might actually involve fezco and it's when like he won't let rue in and Genius. won't sell her the drugs and she's outside pounding on the door she's like you did this to me. Like you made me the drug addict. Like you, you have to like sell me something so I can deal with this. And you're watching her lose it on the outside of the house and him just like leaning up against the door and you can just see it's kind of tearing him apart. And he's just like, he, he doesn't let her in, you know, he's like, I, I can't do this. I don't want to let you kill yourself. And later on they have a conversation. I don't know if it's the same episode or later, but he's like, I never trust anything like a, a drug addict says, you know, cause either like, I don't know. I mean, it's a great scene, but it's just kind of interesting to hear his take on it. But then they even ended with like, I love you. He's like, I know I love you too. You know, but Mm -hmm. that scene where she's just like pounding on the door and just yelling and screaming for him, just like broke my heart. It was so good. It's so fascinating as well that Fezco is, is as complicated of a character as anybody else that gets 10 times more screen time Mm -hmm. in that single scene. We can understand so much about him, the way that he was raised, the way that he, understands who he interacts with he understands the actions that he does he's able to compartmentalize those he's able to deal with them like his character as a whole is so intriguing as well i love fez love that guy uh let's do our a1x that way we 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 keep moving here we're we're definitely hitting zendaya 
We've got Euphoria. We've got Shake It Up, which is a Disney show with Bella Thorne. That was like her OG days. Got uh, she was in Bruno Mars. A lot of Bruno Mars videos, actually. She was in a lot of music videos for herself. The Greatest Showman. She's in the the Spider Man trilogy. Malcolm and Marie. Dune, and she was a voice in Space Jam: A New Legacy. I want to take a quick second here to give a shout out to Malcolm and Marie. She's very good in this movie. This movie sucks, very unfortunately. I <laughs> I wanted to love it. It was one of my most anticipated of 2020. I specifically remember talking about it on my old podcast. I was so excited to get this black and white with her and John David Washington having emotional distress for 90 minutes. Also directed and written by Sam Levinson, who does Euphoria. So a nice connection there. Heavily let down. And I needed to get it out in public. I was fucking disappointed. So that's not I mean, my choice for Zendaya. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Uh, honestly, still, like, Euphoria and Spider-Man trilogy are all I have seen her in. Seeing the Bruno Mars thing on here, though, just makes me want to say, if anybody hasn't watched Tom Holland do the Umbrella performance on the lip sync battle. Phenomenal. With Zendaya, like... <laughs> Dude, that was so fucking good. Like, it's just one of the best things ever. So please go watch that. Um, But, you know, as much as I love Spider-Man and I love her as MJ, I have to go with Euphoria. I mean, she's like the she carries this show like we talked about at the beginning, not to take anything away from her co-stars, but like this, a lot of this rests on Zendaya's shoulders and she kills it. So I'm going to go with this. Yeah, it's it's totally Euphoria. I think Dune deserves a shot as well. She's quite good in Dune, even though she doesn't get a lot of time yet. I know she's going to be way more prominent in part two mm-hmm. without her ability in this show we don't get rue to be as complicated or complex as she really is like i said at the top of the pod i had zero clue she could cry and be emotional and be wrecked and tortured and hurting like the way that she is in this show it's undoubtedly euphoria and i'm i'm just fucking hyped to get into season two i can't wait uh i want to bring up hunter schaefer real quick because this is essentially all that she has done She is incredible in this show. Mm -hmm. I believe she's attached to a few things coming out in the future. uh, And and I hope that that is the case. She is in Belle, which is a brand new kind of anime that just came out. And then she's in this. Um, So I just wanted to say we are watching an actress just learn how to do it on Euphoria. And it's phenomenal. Yeah, she is great in it. Uh, in the bonus episode, she actually got to help write a lot of her episode for Jules and just like put herself into that character. So I think she did a great job. Uh, she's she's wonderful. Again, like we talk about this a lot with when we had two great leads, how they have to play against each other. And I, I think Hunter does actually holds up against Zendaya the whole time. They, they both are just such a like, I don't know, focal point, just a strong point of this show. We talked about Coleman Domingo when we did Zola episode. Quick shout here. Like I said, that episode with his monologues talking to room in a diner is beyond incredible. And I couldn't picture another person to carry that. And with so much, um, just, uh, just, I don't so much grandeur. Like I just can't imagine someone else doing what he did. So I want to give a, a shout to Coleman Domingo for sure. Drugs and TV shows. I've got breaking bad Narcos, the wire weeds. We have euphoria. The euphoria is probably the most visceral that we can understand drugs effects on on Rue, the most visual, Mm -hmm. but I'm a Breaking Bad boy, so it's Breaking Bad. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. It's got to be Breaking Bad. Like, I think it's just one of the best shows ever to to center around it, Uh, though. Shout out to Tyler. 
I'm sure he'd be picking the wire right now. He's disappointed that I haven't <laughs> watched more than the first three episodes, but go on Breaking Bad with you. I hate to break your heart, Tyler. I've never seen a single episode, so my bad guy. Uh, <laughs> um, last A1 act here, high school TV shows. This is technically set in high school, which is very interesting. Uh, moral quandary as they are all 17 and uh, very interesting situation for the show. But we've got Saved by the Bell, Freaks and Geeks, Euphoria, Riverdale, Degrassi, Welcome Back, Cotter, Glee, AP Bio, Friday Night Lights, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The OC, My So-Called Life, and Daria, Ben, uh, Super Duper Honesty Time Man. I've never seen a single one of these shows. Amazing. I can't I, believe I'm it. Blown away. <laughs> I read this list and I was like, well, fuck, I'm out. It's got, I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I kind of just like made up a bunch of names, just like read them off. Like, yeah. I love it. Like, that. Yeah, these are um, definitely high school shows. Sure. I believe yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I guess you're going with Euphoria. <laughs> uh, for myself, honestly, this whole list I think is solid. Like, I'm a new convert to Friday Night Lights, which I will shout out, as well as the OC. But I, I have to go with Freaks and Geeks. It's only one season, it was short lived. But it was, I don't know, it's such a great show. I think anybody that hasn't seen it really needs to. Um, I mean, what a cast that has. I'm going to pull this up as I'm talking right now because we talk about a good cast like this show. But, uh, you know, we got Martin Starr, Seth Rogen, James Franco, Sam Levine, Linda Cardellini, like Jason Siegel. Like there's so many good people in it, Busy Phillips. So if you haven't watched Freaks and Geeks, please do. It's wonderful. Shout out Linda Cardellini for for pulling up big in the MCU recently in Hawkeye. You love oh, to yeah. see it. Hope she gets a spinoff show of her own. So great shout for sure. Um, as we are running out of time, uh, do you have another A1 act that you want to toss in here real quick? Or are you are you solid with our picks? I mean, one thing I just want to go over real quick, speaking of freaks and geeks, Judd Apatow directed a few of those episodes. And I think we've got to shout out some of these co-stars, including Maude Apatow who does great in this. Um, obviously, it's Judd's daughter. She was a knocked up funny people. This is 40 girls. So I just want to make Island, sure. King of Staten Island, man. Love King, King of Staten, Staten Island. Island. Yeah, so I want to make sure uh, she gets a shout out. Same with Sydney Sweeney, who I mainly know from uh, The White Lotus, which is another really good show. She's fantastic. Eric Dane, who plays one of the dads. People probably know him as McSteamy from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, so, yeah, he's great. Storm Reed, who was in A Wrinkle in Time um she's she's gonna be in the new uh, last of us tv show as well so i just want to make sure some of these people get a shout out because we keep talking about zendaya and hunter because rightfully so they're fantastic but they are surrounded by a great cast of people incredible all of those are fantastic shout out sydney sweeney for being in once upon a time in hollywood had no clue my mind is blown that's phenomenal love to I see that remember that love yeah. to see that she is snake <laughs> in once upon a time in hollywood you love to see it. Now I'm going to go on a, on a Tarantino binge and just go for it. Let's let's, let's do, do it. it. Uh, let's give our A24 ranking round out this episode of the pod. We've got our first cow, which would be a top tier, a good time, which is a mid-level, and the farewell, which would be our bottom tier ranking. Now for 2022, I have given out three good times. You've given out two good times and a first cow. For Euphoria, I'm, I'm slapping a really fucking hard first cow it's gotta yep. be there's no other way to go about this i i, I honestly i might quit the pot if you do so good i mean I, obviously i'm saying with you i'm giving out my second one of the year but this is first cow material without a doubt like this this show is so good 
like we said, I, I think maybe both of us wanted to wait till we talked about this to get into season two. But once like we wrap up here, I'm going to start episode <laughs> one of right season two. Into like, it. I'm ready to go, man. I need to keep watching this. Yeah. And and I, I feel like I mentioned this on every episode of the pod, but, you know, A24 tackling this, being a production company that that invests in a show like this that stars young people who have not really ever acted before in a very deep, dark, and emotionally moving storyline is something only A24 can do. I, I think it is a wonderful thing, and I'm so glad that we have season two now streaming, coming back, weekly releases. I'm going to go get caught, literally, same as you, literally I'm going to go get caught up right now. That way I can join all of the discourse every single week. I see so many people tweeting about it, and I'm like, <laughs> I can't, I don't, I have to stay out of it. Uh, I, I am grateful for you for putting Euphoria on the calendar, Ben. This is incredible. And I, people should go watch Euphoria. That's it. Yeah, please. If you haven't watched this, like if, and us giving like two first cows on this, like, I hope you understand how much we endorse this Double show. approved. Exactly. It was so good. Uh, easy to watch. I mean, it, it's just easy to binge without a doubt. I will say you got in my head. We went over this back in the day with, uh, you being a 24 and waiting for something bad to happen. And in the bonus episode of Coleman Domingo, like he's walking in the parking lot. Oh, I was like, yeah. is he going to get fucking hit by oh a car? Man? Like, yeah. what's good? like, I know it's not this show, <laughs> but I was like, man, I don't know. It's a 24 and Ethan fucked with my head. So like something might be happening here, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm so- glad to say Coleman Domingo, I believe we'll be back for season two. I just need more of him uh, without a doubt. So yeah, uh, this is a big stamp of approval from both of us, but we want to know what you guys think about euphoria season one. Like, do you have a favorite character that we didn't cover? What's your favorite scene? What would be your A1 act? Please let us know. You can get it at us on Twitter or Instagram at 24 minutes of A24. I'm Ben Lawhorn. And I'm Ethan Simi. Spring break forever, bitches. 